Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you up until 8 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every single weekday, of course. If you cannot listen live, you can always check out the show on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, and subscribe, and it'll be in your podcast as soon as it is uploaded. Of course, you can check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com, as it is championship week, and we have everything you need to have success. The Week 16 Fantasy Q&A with Dr. Roto. I have my Week 16 Championship Week edition of Sidham, and uh, we got a story up on George, uh, Josh Gordon, who is uh, suspended once again, so he will not help you here the rest of the year. And, of course, the Scout Fantasy Sports Playoff Draft World Championships, you can start to sign up for them. Just go to the website, and you'll see the link, uh, several different contests. Uh, so you can check that out, as well as ScoutDFS.com for NBA, NFL, and NHL. And, of course, a big show here tonight. We'll have a couple of big-time high-stakes players coming on at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. I'll be joined by Patrick Sorge. He is currently number 8 in the FFWC Championship. And at 7.40 p.m. Eastern, Kimra Slicer, who is number three right now, 16.68 out of first place, and she won the overall two years ago. So we'll talk to them coming up in just a little bit. But joining me now, it is Steve Renner, Scout DFS. Steve, what's up? What's up, Adam? How you doing? Pretty good, and just feels weird today just because there's no Thursday night football. It just I, I'm not used to this. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but it's almost as if now they've shoved Thursday down our throat so much that Thursday night football has become better than Monday night football. I don't know if it's because by the time we get to Monday, we're sick of football, but uh, it does feel a little bit weird not having it tonight. Uh, I, dare I say we actually miss it for once. Yeah, I mean, especially after last week when we had Chargers-Chiefs, and that was such a good game. Uh, this right. week we have two games on Saturday, 12 on Sunday on the main slate. So let's talk about that main slate. And you know, what do you see as the chalk games this week that people are going to attack? And is it the right way to go? Uh, you know, what's interesting, is it, it, it honestly seems to be changing day by day just based upon um, a lot of the injury news and things coming out there. But it, this week compared to last week, there's a lot of games where we either have uh, you actually have teams that are that are kind of last stand fighting for a playoff spot, or you have glaring mismatches. And so, you know, you got to kind of got to look and see. I, I think the chalk, if you're in cash, is going to be spread out. People don't usually stack in there. Um, but coming off kind of the, the the cash games, looking at tournaments this week, you know, one of the teams that I think people are really jumping towards is going to be Dallas at home against Tampa. They got shut out last week, but they've been much better at home offensively. And I think people are going to be looking at them. 
in a good bounce back spot against Tampa. And, you know, Tampa Bay, they did this last year, um, and they're starting to do it again this year where they, they, they're staying alive in games, they're keeping it close. I think people are going to look at that. They're going to see Dax, they're going to see Zeke and Cooper. Um, you know, Dallas is a team where you know where the targets are going to go to. We saw last week with, with Zeke getting a lot of touches, and obviously Cooper, since he's coming over there, has, has gotten a lot. Um, I think people are going to be on the the Browns this week at home. You know, their the playoff hopes are, are really slim, but, you know, Cleveland is, is a 10-point favorite now. They open at 7. They're now 10, uh, very similar to what we saw with Atlanta last week, who put up 40. A, you know, a team that's not that good but is a really strong home favorite. So I think people are going to be on the Baker, Chubb, and, and probably David and Joku train there. And then the game that I think is, you know, maybe not um, getting a lot of love yet, but I think is really interesting is the Houston-Philadelphia game because you have a situation where, you know, Philadelphia has gotten torched by number one receivers all season, and DeAndre Hopkins, I know he's been banged up a little bit, but he's going to play. It's a great spot for the Houston passing game. And Nick Foles is $6,000 min price on FanDuel, 4700 on DraftKings. He's going to get ownership just because of that. And, you know, Houston's been terrible against tight ends all season. So I think it makes a lot of sense to look at someone like Zach Ertz this week um, if you want to spend up a tight end. Yeah, and good point about Ertz, too, is that, you know, a lot of people are going to be a little bit down on him. There's this narrative going around that, you know, he doesn't do well with Foles, which is, uh, you know, just – from based I on last, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, come on, I mean, they had a good run last year, so he's actually priced uh, on DraftKings behind George Kittle this week. So, uh, you know, Foles er- Ertz can save you a lot of money if you go with that combo. Yeah, and you know, look, if you don't want to go Ertz, then then go Dallas Goddard because I mean, the, Houston's been real bad against tight ends all season long, and we saw Ertz got looks in the red zone last week, um, so there's no concern. I, I think you and I were talking about it there was a few weeks ago, Philly. For whatever reason, took Ertz out near the red zone. It might have just been one game, but he's he's the best pass receiving target. Um, so I think it, it's either Ertz or you could take a shot with someone cheaper like Aguilar or maybe go Golden Tate. But to me, Ertz is the number one guy there. Um, he's the best tight end, um, I think, on the slate easily with, with, with no Kelsey. But you could argue he's the best tight end in football right now uh, in terms of fantasy. So that, that's another spot. You know, the game and the interesting thing with that game compared to like the Pittsburgh-New Orleans game, which has the highest total, obviously in the Superdome, you know, people are going to look at that for, for offense, but you really have to spend up for the elite plays in that game. And I think people are going to look at the Saints and say they don't really trust the the options outside of a, a Thomas or a Camara. Um, and so just in terms of pricing, there's so many studs in good spots this week that I think that that game may come in a little bit under-owned in terms of the high-priced guys there. But that would be the other game to, to, to look at for um, you know, for, for good offense this week as far as ownership is concerned. Talking to Steve Renner from Scout DFS, do you see some games that might be under the radar that a lot of people are not paying attention to that could produce some fantasy points this week? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, you know, One I think that is, is going to get ownership on only one side is the, the Giants and Colts game. Um, but you know, it's a spot. Look, if you look at running back this week, the first decision is going to be Gurley. And if Gurley goes, then I think people are going to look at him and, and trust him, obviously, against Arizona. If he's out, um, I, I think a lot of people are going to go to McCaffrey. And, and I'm just, I'm not on the game at all. It, it's a spot that I've almost completely ruled out. Two teams that have nothing going for them. But I like this Giants Colts game. 
Um, you know, I think that, you know, we've seen with Luck, he didn't have any touchdowns last week against Dallas, but he's been someone that's going to get you 20 points every single week, and he should have no problem in, in terms of pass protection against this Giants defense. Should be able to spread around a lot, but on the Giants side, I think this is a great bounce-back spot for, for Saquon uh, Barkley. Easy. 7,900 on DraftKings, man. I mean, come on. That's too cheap. That's yeah. ridiculous, right? And, but but think about it. People are going to look at Gurley if he plays. See, I wouldn't play Gurley even. I wouldn't play Gurley even if he plays because there's a chance they pull either. him early. I wouldn't either. My, so my one of my favorite plays of the slate is Brandon Cooks in that game. Um, and I think this is a spot where, yeah, they're going to pull him early and they're going to be able to get Jared Goff back on track. Um, but, yeah, I, I completely agree. Don't go Gurley. But the other one then is McCaffrey. And McCaffrey's playing 100% of the snaps. And some people are thinking, okay, well, with, with Cam out, it boosts McCaffrey. I don't think it changes McCaffrey at all because uh, you have a Cam who basically had no shoulder playing back there. So but the, the point being, you get past those guys, you got Zeke, you got Kamara, you got some other guys out there. I think Barkley is, is, uh, is going to get overlooked. And uh, I think Colts that's a mistake. A, if that's the case, I think it's is. a big mistake. I, I get People will also yeah. look at last week, too, and see that. Correct. He underachieved, but that's part of the reason why the price went down. They'll also look, oh, look what the Colts did against Dallas. It's a mistake. That's the first time we've seen Barkley have a future game like that, and it was pouring rain. Well, and so here's the other thing we have to think through on this week. Um, you know, we, I mentioned on the Browns, you know, Nick Chubb to yeah. me is, is, yeah, is a he, smash spot, right? I think Chubb you play, but you've got to find value this week. And there's a lot of high-priced receivers that people are going to want to fit into the lineup. I mentioned Hopkins. Um, he's certainly one that, that people are going to look to try to get, assuming he's clear to go. But the value appears to be opening up at running back with guys like Jamal Williams, Elijah McGuire. you got the, the Miami situation with Drake and Balazs. Devin Coleman is way too cheap on, on DraftKings this week. And I think that that's, you know, when you fill in a value spot and you plug it in at running back, that, that's even more reason why someone like Barkley could get, come in on their own. But that, that's a game that I'm looking at that I think um, – you know, really could come in well on their own and, and has has good upside to it on both sides. I mean, yeah, you could, I, I would try and make a lineup with Barkley, Chubb, and Kamara. Agreed. I'm 100% with you. Uh, I think you can always find – look, we've seen we're, – we're into week 16 now, and there might have been one week this year where it didn't pay to, to really pay up at running back. Even last week, you know, the, it wasn't the studs. But it was right below that as far as the top tier. So right. Well, mi- to me, Mixon and Mixon and Cook were guys that I I locked in last week. I mean, it was easy. You yeah. knew you knew Cook was going to get fed in a good matchup. Mixon had a good matchup. So I thought last week was a week where you know you could have got down in the mid tier and still had success. I mean, Zeke's never a bad play. I know he didn't score last week. He didn't crush you. I mean, he didn't give you what you wanted. But he still got nineteen point eight in a game where the team was shut out. Yeah, I had I had Mixon, Cook, and Coleman on DraftKings, and they carried me. I got nothing at quarterback, and they carried me. So, uh, now Coleman was was certainly another cheap guy, but even you don't want to go too much below that mid tier running back. It just hasn't paid uh, to do that this year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. It, it's a perfect spot for Barkley to bounce back. Zeke's going to get his every single week, um, just because of the volume. And and it's not that I hate McCaffrey. I just don't. I don't see Carolina doing anything, even with the quarterback change. And that's, that's a game overall that I, I have no desire to touch this week. How about Marlon Mack at home, 5,500, coming off two big games? He, well, one big so game. Dra- yeah, so DraftKings, yes, he's priced up a little bit on FanDuel to where it, there's no need to touch him there. 
the thing with the Colts is that the, the best play there is luck, you know, because you know luck is going to get the yards and and he's going to, you know, spread it around a lot. Uh, Ebron obviously has been his, his best target in the red zone. Um, you know, Mac is someone that just is, it, to me, he's too far down on the running back list for me to really jump into him. So I'm looking at that game, and it's more of just me going luck on one side and then Barkley on the other side. Talking to Steve Renner, you can find him scoutdfs.com. I think Robbie Anderson's going to be pretty popular this week. He's had a couple big games. Sam Darnold's looking for him. He's 4,500 on DraftKings. Texans, uh, you know, he took advantage of them last week. Now gets the Packers, who have a lot of production of wide receivers. Is is he someone that you'll play in cash and maybe look elsewhere in tournaments because you think he'll be highly owned, or would you play him in both? I wouldn't play him in cash. That's one of the few games where neither team has technically anything to play for. Um, and I just look at this and say, okay, is there any incentive for either team to um, to really quit here? The, the interesting thing on, on that game, though, is I've heard a lot of talk about Green Bay and the motivation for Rodgers to play is to get the younger receivers involved. And I think uh, people are going to look at Adams and Cobb, who I know Cobb didn't practice today. I think that this might really open up a, a good sneaky play to look at someone like Valda Scanling or even St. Brown this week. And so if you buy into that, hey, Rodgers is coming out, he's trying to take a leadership role, and he's going to try to get the young guys involved, I think their side against the Jets is going to be the better play to roll than Anderson um, and, and the Darnold combination. I don't hate going there. That's one of the really intriguing games to me because I, I'd prefer to go to the spots where I know I have a glaring mismatch in the team with incentive this week, and I don't have that in that, in that game. But certainly, I, I wouldn't shock me if Darnold and Anderson came out and they just chucked it a lot this week. Um, I'm not on Elijah McGuire. I'm not on Jamal Williams. So, to me, it's the passing game. But, um, you know, with, with all the games on the slate, there's a lot of good spots this week. you got to cross some off. So, it's not a main one on a play for me. But I would look at the Green Bay side, at, the, at their young guys, and, and kind of take a shot on them instead. Who are some of the receivers that you're looking at this week? So I was really high on Juju Smith, Schuster against my Saints. I saw he came up uh, lame in practice today, and I think that, you know, I think that this could turn into a spot even if he does play where the Saints play a lot of zone coverage. So you could look at either of the Pittsburgh re- uh, receivers because the Saints' run defense has been really good, and and they would be two guys I'd pay up for um, in that game. And, and the Saints should have the lead there to, to force Pittsburgh to throw a lot. Brandon Cooks, I mentioned as well. Uh, he's gone over 300 yards in his last two games against the Cardinals. Uh, some people may look at Peterson as a concern, but they move the receivers around so much. And look, that the Rams should not have any problems in this game. They should get the lead. And I'm with you. They're not going. Even if Curly plays, they're not going to pound the rock with him. Um, so I would take a shot on Brandon Cooks here against Arizona. That he should get a lot of touches both as a receiver, and I think they may even, you know, get him some spots where they run some end arounds or, or kind of get creative with him um, as well. And then, you know, this is this is a week I think you take you can take a shot on my guy, Traquan Smith. Yeah, and, I was thinking that too. I'm actually putting him in my deep sleeper article this week. Yeah, so he had two games in a row where he had two bad drops, and he came out this past week, and he was a little bit more reliable, kind of got his confidence back. He's been better at home as – as had the whole Saints team, he's he's real cheap this week. He's a guy you can you can definitely take a shot on. I think in that game, but um, you know the, the first guy, and I, I mentioned it before, but we got to go back to it, DeAndre Hopkins. If 
if it looks like he's completely good to go and, you know, just against that Philadelphia secondary, I don't see how Hopkins doesn't come away with easily 120 yards this weekend and a lot of catches. He's the best guy in terms of high price to pay up for. Yeah, I mean, he is so good. You know, the thing that has really hurt him this year is that the Texans have not had to throw the football a lot. There was a stretch where Watson had like 26 pass attempts or fewer, I think it's seven straight games. And if you look, he had a, he had stretches where he had six, seven, six targets. And that's why he wasn't producing. Last week was a competitive game, and you saw what he did. Correct. Yeah, and I think that this I think this will be a competitive game. And, and so that – that really opens it up for him, uh, you know. And I'm not, I'm not looking at a guy like Julio. I'm not going to touch Devontae Adams. Obviously, right now I, I mentioned it somewhere there, but Hopkins to me is, is the guy to to really look at as far as the the high price receivers. And you know, I think um, Amari Cooper is going to be very popular, but you know, Michael Gallup's targets have gone up, and this is a little bit of a softer matchup. He's only 3,500. He's someone I don't know if you're looking at him, but he's uh, he, he's been so close. To, too. He's been so close to so many big plays, and Dak has missed them. It's amazing. Like I feel like he is going to have one of these games, uh, and people won't go to him this week after last week. That's Steve Renner, Scout Team DFS. Thanks a lot, Steve. Good luck this weekend. All right, Adam. Yep, same to you. All right, when we return, Pat Sorge, high stakes player, joins us next. Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. You're listening to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern. It is championship week. We have you covered. ScoutFantasySports.com. Got the Week 16 Sidham article up. Week 16 Fantasy Q&A with Dr. Roto. And we answer all your questions on the message boards and forums. We'll help you win money in DFS. ScoutDFS.com with NBA, NHL, and NFL help optimizers and plenty of tools to help you win that money. And of course, VegasWhispers.com for all your sports betting needs. It is championship week. We've been having a lot of our high stakes players on. And joining me now is another one. It is Patrick Sorge, currently eighth in the fantasy football world championship. Patrick, what's going on tonight? Uh, not much. Thanks for having me on, Adam. Just, uh, Studying, studying this week, trying to figure out my lineups. Yeah, as we all are. And I was saying before, it feels weird. It's Thursday. I'm usually gearing up for Thursday night football at this time. We have normal football tonight. It just seems like an odd week. Yeah, it's it's like the team's playing on a Thursday. They, they're they off that week. I don't know what to do with myself at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I think we all feel that way. But, you know, you're... In a decent spot here right now, it's been a, a crazy playoffs here the first two weeks of the playoffs. It feels like a lot of people are just kind of having struggles putting together a full roster with all the injuries and everything that has happened. But last week for you, uh, you were one of the highest scoring teams, putting up 183.55 to, to get in the mix. Uh, had to feel good for you last week when you saw your team come through like that. 
Oh, it did. Uh, it was funny. I've got I've got two partners, and we were talking, lamenting after week one, where uh, we thought we missed out. We were eighty four points out, seventy sixth place going into this week and or last week. And we got to noon on Sunday, and in about fifteen minutes, we had forty five points dinging on the board. So we're watching ourselves climb and. Uh, we thought we got shorted at the end with Ben and James White a little bit there. We thought we were going to get 200, but uh, we're, we're happy to be in the mix right now. What are some of the things that have gone right for you this year on this specific team? Uh, James White definitely was, was a key. Um, we, we had Hopkins, which is a no-brainer, but we struggled with running backs. We drafted Freeman. He, he didn't uh, work out Cook struggled all year um but ben big ben kelsey hopkins have kind of carried us with white um i'm i'm looking forward to it we got we got eight of our starters that none of the teams ahead of us have on their roster so if our guys play how they should we got a good shot we think oh look at that already done the research looked at the teams ahead of you trying to map it out that's that's what you got to do though at this time of the year right yeah you do <laughs> Talking to Patrick Sorge, uh, one of the high-stakes players that is in the top 10 right now of the Fantasy Football World Championship, currently sitting at number 8, 35.97 behind first. And as we know and as we've seen in these playoffs, anything can happen. What are the things you did on your team? And maybe you had a, you had to hold your breath a couple weeks ago, but that's uh, you went in here with one quarterback, and it was Ben Roethlisberger. And, you know, I could understand. You probably said, you know what, I'm just going to play him every week. No need to have a backup. And then, of course, he had the injury scare. So what was part of the strategy going into this playoffs with one quarterback? Well, we knew we weren't very deep at, uh, at the wide receiver position. And running back, we have two or three, and then we've got a lot of what-ifs. So we figured our, our best bet was Ben has a good playoff schedule. Let's just ride Ben and, and have that extra spot, which I think this week it it's going to come into play because we've been one guy short in our lineup all year long, we felt. Um, so hopefully we find the right guy this week. Yeah, and look, you, you, ha- you're, you have the tight end, Travis Kelsey, and did you, where'd you take him? Was that a third-round pick for Kelsey? Yeah, that was, uh, that was third round, yes. Was that and, something- and we got Ebron. <laughs> yeah, obviously that's paid huge dividends. But what was your plan of attack in general at the tight end position this year? Did it depend on the draft and where you picked? Were you trying to get one of those top tight ends early? Because it's been a position I think that the successful teams had to nail pretty good. I, I agree. Uh, I, I've got about 13 teams, so I went a bunch of different ways. I actually had one team where I had Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz on that team. They didn't make the playoffs. Wow, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Tough to see other spots, um, but I've got Kittle on a couple teams. I've got Kelsey on a couple teams. Those teams seem to be the strongest of what I've got left. Now you have Dalvin Cook on this team, and obviously it's been a frustrating ride. But uh, last week, obviously he came through for you big time. You know how difficult has it been to get through the season uh, with Dalvin Cook as one of your main picks? It's been tough. Um, we we had. Uh, James White every week, which was a which was a godsend, and then we just plugged in other guys while while White or while Cook and Freeman were injured, 
We picked up Justin Jackson uh, right before the end of waivers, which helped us last week a lot. Um, just kind of been plugging and playing guys, but uh, the, having the two high-scoring tight ends has taken a little bit of uh, the sting away from not having, you know, three to four solid running backs like just about everybody else's roster. It's looking like Austin Eckler is doubtful for this week. Melvin Gordon is going to return. He's off the injury report. Uh, how do you think Justin Jackson, what his role will be this week? Do you think he just kind of plays that Eckler role and he'll be in there for eight to ten touches? Obviously, it's a difficult matchup against the Ravens, but the Chargers are, are a really good offense themselves. Uh, how are you kind of looking at Justin Jackson this week? He he was my research today, kind of my uh, couple-hour research project. Just see how many touches he got, the the backup got when they won, when they lost, did they pass, did they run? So I mean, with Gordon coming off of two weeks and and the Chargers already in the playoffs, I'm thinking Gordon gets you know 15, 18 touches, and maybe Jackson gets 12 to 15. Yeah, I, I would think so, too. And, you know, he's obviously done a nice job for them. And uh, when he started, he was solid. And also that game that Eckler struggled through three quarters, he came in in the fourth quarter and kind of provided a little bit of a spark. You got Josh Adams on your team. And, you know, I, I thought in the middle of the year, I thought he potentially could be, you know, a difference maker for some teams. It looked like they were going to go with him as the lead back. And he actually had a game or two where he was catching passes. But the last few weeks... It's kind of been trending downward. Uh, were you hoping for more from Josh Adams here in the playoff championship weeks? We were. We uh, we got a couple real solid weeks from him, and, and as you said, he was getting 20 carries back-to-back games. And then uh, Doug Peterson acted like he was Bill Belichick and just started putting in different running backs and trying different things. So a little disappointed in that, but... Uh, he he helped get us to the playoffs, so you know, we'll we'll take that. He's going against Houston this week. He's probably not going to be in our lineup, but uh, you never know. Talking to Patrick Sorge, uh, one of the top high stake players in the fantasy football world championship, currently sitting number eight in the overall uh, thirty five point nine seven out of first. He had a huge week last week with one eighty three point five five, where most people really struggled last week. A lot of the stars were letdowns, but you had a bunch of guys really come through for you. Uh, Calvin Ridley is someone that has also kind of slumped a little bit lately. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week two, and, you know, he had that nice surge earlier in the year. Was he someone you drafted, and uh, what do you think has happened to him down the stretch? Is it just the rookie wall, not getting enough volume? What, what's been the issue for Ridley? Yeah, we, we drafted him and, and rode him early when because uh, we got Edelman and he was suspended the first four games, so so we rode him early. Now we're down to only three legit receivers, so he's got to be one of our guys. Uh, I, I think what you said there has merit on both ends. He, he seemed to hit a rookie wall. He wasn't getting targets. Uh, now that Hooper's a little injured, Julio's a little injured, I'm thinking Ridley's going to come back to life this week. He got some targets last week. Uh, he had five, six targets, and he uh, drew a couple penalties last week. So hopefully Matty Ice realizes what he has with the rookie and uh, and gets him the ball this week. How frustrating has it been to own Duke Johnson? It just seems like they just never get him the ball enough. He had that one game where he had nine for 78 and two touchdowns, 
but it's been really quiet, especially the last four weeks as the Browns' offense has improved. Yeah. he. Uh, I thought we got a steal there with him, and uh, I think he's had three, maybe four good weeks this year, and he was on our bench for all of those. Uh, he's been one guy we haven't been able to figure out. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's the guy that puts us over the top this week. We're still trying to figure that out. But, yeah, he's, he's been an enigma for us. Yeah, and I think for a lot of fantasy owners as well, you know, there's been a lot of talk in the fantasy community. A lot of people want to get rid of kickers, and some leagues have already started. Uh, after last week for you, you probably don't feel that way after Kaimi Fanburn gave you 23-and-a-half. How do you like using kickers? Do you think it's a part of the strategy? Is it part of the game you enjoy? Or do you think it is something that, you know, you could do without? Well, before the last week, I could have done without it. Uh, <laughs> if he has another week like that and, and propels us to the championship, part of that money is going for three Kaimi Fairbairn jerseys for the three <laughs> of us, I think. <laughs> but no, seriously, I would love to see kickers gone from all formats. I, I'm not a fan of it. it. It just brings way too much luck involved into it. Now, you said you uh, share your team with a couple other guys. Who are those guys? You can give them a, a shout-out here. and uh, talk. How does that work, you know, sharing a team with two people? You know, I've been in partnerships before with one other people, with one other person, not never with two. Coach. So talk about who they are and how that works for you guys. Sure. Uh, two uh, friends forever, uh, Dave Zinn and Dan Zinn, a couple of brothers, and uh, it's their first time playing in high stakes. So I'm kind of showing them the ropes on that. And uh, Dave is more the silent partner. He, he named our team, touched down my Ditka, and then said, here's my money. Have at it, boys. Dan, Dan was uh, the guy who made me pick Eric Ebron in our draft, and I cursed him for it because I've never had him on a team before. And uh, that worked out okay. So <laughs> it's, it's been interesting. I mean, a lot of texting, a lot of this, a lot of that. And uh, they've been involved, in, and I hope they've had fun with it. And now that we're in eighth place, I know they're having fun with it for sure. How long have you played in the high-stakes game? Uh, about eight years now, I think. And how yeah, I've got... Uh, I've got a team in the online championship in fifth place. I'm hoping to catch Dr. Roto uh, in that also. <laughs> oh, how's that team shaping up? That team looks great. I, uh, I really like that team. I got McCaffrey and Barkley on that team. So that's a good duo to work with. Obviously opposite of what this team is with our struggles at running back. That one, I plug those two in and worry about the rest of the lineup. Yeah, that. Uh, where did you get McCaffrey? Was it early second round? Yeah, I got Barkley and then McCaffrey. It was the first draft I did this year. It was uh, probably early August, and uh, you know, people weren't sure about Barkley as a as a rookie, so I got him like eight, and then I came back, and McCaffrey was still there to my surprise. So that was the start of a good team. Yeah, that was right before, a little bit before I think the uh, McCaffrey hype started to pick up. As we got closer to the year, I started to see him go in the first round. I think I saw him go as early as number seven overall in some high-stakes leagues. So he really picked up yeah. some uh, helium as we went on. Talking to Patrick Sorge, uh, I'm sure you play in some home leagues too, or you have in the past. What is the difference to have success in the high-stakes leagues? What's 
different about it that, you know, you, what you need to do to have success in this type of format? Sure. Well, you, you've got to start 11 guys out of your 20 on your roster. So you have to be deep. You, you know, in the home leagues, generally it's a 10 team league I've played in with, you know, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and maybe a flex. So in those leagues, I, I kind of relax and say, well, look, look at my, look at my bench. They're better than most of my teams in the high stakes. So I, I wouldn't do the waivers as much in this uh, format here. Uh, I draft and then the rest of the time is waivers and lineup decisions. And there's a whole lot of time spent on, on waivers and, you know, what to spend and how to spend it. It's, uh, it's the most challenging part of it for me definitely is the waivers. What is uh, some of the reasons why you've been able to have success and be in this spot today? What are some of the keys for your success? Lots of lots of research, lots of time on it. Um, you know, it's a passion, so I don't mind doing it. I don't look at it as work. Um, you know, just learning from a lot of other guys. I uh, I partnered with Rob Benetti uh, a couple of years ago, who was a uh, one of the first. Uh, champs of uh another uh league national champs like about 10 years ago and he taught me a lot and i've got a lot of friends that are in the fantasy community and i watch them i draft in leagues that chad schroeder's part of every game league you get in and after he kicks my butt i try to take a little bit from it and see what he did right and say all right maybe i can incorporate some of that in what i do then is there anything you can pinpoint that you learn from him? Because I think that's a great point. You should learn from people that have had success and kind of see what they're doing. So I, I like that point you brought up. What can you remember that you've kind of learned from him? You look at his teams at the end of the year, and it, if you looked at him in week one, you'd say that's garbage. But <laughs> by week 11, 12, he's got you know Damian Williams, Justin Jackson, or whoever that is that year coming on at the end. And he's got him on just about every team. So, I mean, you know, sometimes I would have a good season. I'm eight and two, first or second in points. And I, and I kind of hit the brakes and say, ah, I don't want to make any waiver moves right now. I, I know that might benefit my team in the long run, but my team is so good right now. You have to always look at your team and look at every position and say, is, is this guy worth having on your roster when it gets to week 14, 15, 16? And, I've learned that from, from taking some loopings. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good lesson learned. Actually, he came on yesterday, and he said one of the things that he does is the Friday night waivers is very valuable. He said you can discover a lot of hidden gems because people don't look at it as much, and I've seen that too. If you just look at the transaction log, that Friday one is pretty thin. My uh, my Friday one is, is always uh, there. I'm always picking up guys on Friday. Um, I've, I've sometimes dropped a kicker on Thursday and I don't have one on, or on Wednesday, don't have one on my roster cause I wanted to get somebody and I know I'm going back Friday and then I find something else. I mean, the Friday waivers after a, after a late Wednesday injury or Thursday injury and you're right, guys are out to dinner with their wives or their family or just doing whatever. And they're not paying attention. You get a nice bargain for five, $6 a lot of times. That is Patrick Sorge. Thanks a lot for the time, and good luck this weekend. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate you having me on.
No problem. Again, Patrick Sorge, eighth in the Fantasy Football World Championship right now, 35.97 out of first. Coming up next, Kimra Slicer. She's third. She won this two years ago. Can't she do it again? We'll talk with her next right here, Scout Fantasy Sports. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 8 p.m. Eastern. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. at the Week 16 Championship Edition of SIDM. We have a Week 16 Fantasy Q&A with Dr. Roto. And, of course, we'll answer all your questions on the message boards and forums for those important Week 16 decisions. You'll get answers from myself, Dr. Otto, or Sean Childs, and, of course, ScoutDFS.com for all your DFS needs. At the game, just got a gut feeling, no problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime with the all-new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With the MyBookie mobile platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at-home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today, and you'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and my bookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yes, that's right, $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Joining me now, it is Kimra Schleicher. She is number three in the Fantasy Football World Championship right now, 16.68 points out of first. Kimra, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. How about you? Doing well, but uh, I kind of wish I was in your spot instead. Uh, and you've obviously been here before. Uh, for people who don't know, she's one of the best high-stakes players. Won this overall two years ago. So you have this experience, and you sweated it out and won two years ago. Does it make it any easier this weekend, or is it still going to be filled with stress? Um, I'm not sure if it makes it any easier, but I have to be honest with you. I just really didn't think this was my best team this year. Um, in the uh, Scout Fantasy playoffs. So, but it surprised me. I was kind of surprised last week when I looked at the uh, leaderboard and saw this team in third place. I'm not going to lie. But um, it's going to be a little bit different this time around because I'm actually trailing. I'm almost 17 points. And two years ago, I was in first. So I had to sweat out being in first place and having that target on my back. So I'd have to think my team is a dark horse, but we'll see. Um, you don't always have to have the best team just have to have a team that um, gets hot and stays hot for that tournament. You've played a long time. I feel like this playoffs, the last two weeks, have been nuts. And like you said, you know, you feel like, well, this isn't my best team. I think a lot of teams near the top might say that just because of what has happened with so many of the studs disappointing over the last two weeks. Do you find that to be the case, or is that just a, a narrative? Oh, absolutely. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were all scrambling around and 
the last waiver wire when uh, the Kansas City Chiefs started to uh, news started to float around that they're going to release Kareem Hunt. So everyone's going to the waiver wire to see if they have any money left to see if they can pick up uh, Damian Williams and just a lot of pickups and um, just trying to manage the waiver wire and of course reading all the articles on scouts always helps me to um, to play my best. But it's just been a crazy couple of weeks because you're having a lot of injuries. You're having uh, guys get shut down like Cam Newton and different players. So um, it is interesting. And I then got the news today of Juju uh, leaving the field with a possible injury. So who knows what that's going to be like by the time they kick off on Sunday. Looking at your team, uh, it seems like that this was a team that was built uh, upon the draft. Uh, off, the, I don't really see too many big waiver wire pickups here. Is that the case? Was this one that you built pretty well with the draft? Yeah, not really. I've uh, obviously targeted a lot of the running backs. I uh, lost Cooper Cup and Ted Ginn and some other receivers. Uh, lost my tight end, Jack Doyle. I waited too long on a tight end in this team. And, uh, of course, then I lost Carson Wentz and you look back at my draft board, you think, what in the world are you picking Carson Wentz over uh, Patrick Mahomes? But it's kind of in- interesting when you look at um, the online league and six because Chad and I are one and three overall right now, and we drafted these two teams out of the same online draft. So that's kind of – I have to think that's kind of rare. Uh, we're both in the World Championship online six draft. So to have two teams in the top three is kind of interesting. Is that because you guys are so good, or the rest of the league is bad? <laughs> well, I know Chad is good, so he's the best player around. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So we're all trying to learn from him. But it was just kind of an interesting draft. But um, it's just the last couple of weeks of interesting. Like I said, I, I was surprised to see this team overall in third place because of um, just the NFL, it seemed like the last couple of weeks the scores have been down. And um, so you just have lower scores. You're typically seeing 185 or – 200 points to win some of these. And last week, people were scoring around 150, 165. So, and they were staying in it. So, if you're in the top 10, I think you have a shot. Yeah, certainly feels that way with everything that has gone on. And we still have a couple of days of practices and surprises. As you mentioned, Juju Smith Schuster leaving practice today with a groin injury. So, who knows what else could happen? Uh, right. someone, someone was giving me heat several weeks ago about Corey Davis because we, we had him as the <laughs> breakout player of the year. And I said, look, okay, he hasn't lived up to expectations, and there's been a few reasons for it. But I said, one player does not ruin your season. If you're going to blame one player for why your team did not have success, that means the rest of your draft did not go well. You know, I drafted Corey Davison in a scout online league, and I was the number one seed with the best record and the most points. You have Corey Davis on your team. So talk a little bit about that, about, you know, one player can't ruin your team, correct? No, I agree with you. One player can't ruin your team. It's a full 16 weeks of waiver wires. And um, if you drafted a solid team, like I said, I've lost Cooper Cup. I mean, you talk to anybody who's won a championship, they've lost players along the way. It's just part of the game. So I know people get upset if they lose their first-round pick. And, and, of course, you lose that stud running back in the first round. But um, if you draft a solid team and draft for backup and, and get on the waiver wire and get some depth to your team, you should be fine. Now, you have Amari Cooper on this team. When you found out he was traded to Dallas, what was your reaction? Dancing. I mean, I mean, are you kidding me? I was like, I was so mad at myself. I, I have Amari Cooper on so many teams, and it was brutal the first six, seven weeks. I mean, just bad. And I just thought, I, I've got to be kicking myself. Why am I drafting a 
you know, an Oakland Raider over uh, Adam Thielen or Diggs. I was like, I know I'm better than this. So I was pretty upset with myself. I'm not going to lie. Because you look at the draft board, I picked uh, Cooper in the third round over Diggs and Thielen. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. So uh, that probably won't happen again. But, I mean, you knew he was a talent. He was obviously very talented at Alabama. You knew what he could do. He had some breakout games, a couple solid games with Derek Carr. You just didn't expect the Raiders to be that bad. So, like I said, I was just ecstatic when he got traded to Dallas. I thought, well, at least we're going to go maybe from five points to maybe 15 a week now. And then he has a couple breakout weeks. So, he actually did bring this team back to uh, respectability. So, um, if I could just get him and Corey Davis uh, to have a couple big weeks, you know, a couple big games here this last week, uh, I might have a shot. I'm joined by Kimra Schleicher, number three in the Fantasy Football World Championship right now, 16.68 out of first place, also has another team in the top 20, and she won this two years ago. Uh, Looking at your tight end situation, you have Cameron Brait and Jesse James, so I'm assuming it's been a waiver wire that you've been working at the position this year, and that's that's been a difficult position for people this year. How did you attack tight end in most of your drafts? Well, I started to, um, you know, I looked at a lot of the Indianapolis Colts, and I think most people will tell you I was targeting Doyle and Ebron because outside of T.Y. Hilton, there's just not a lot of solid receivers. Then we knew Luck was probably going to check down a lot. and I knew one of them would probably be a blocking tight end, but when Doyle went down, um, you know, I had do have Ebron on more teams, but when Doyle went down, I was scrambling, of course, and and I always look for Cameron Braid, and I had O.J. Howard on a few teams as well. So I always use him as a backup. But, hey, maybe it's a good omen. I had Cameron Braid on my team two years ago. So hopefully maybe he could at least score a touchdown or two maybe this weekend. We'll see. And I have to give you credit. Last year in our preseason pro picks that we run every year on Scal Fantasy Sports that includes several high-stakes players, you had Alvin Kamara on your list. I think, was it your sleeper or – or breakout. Uh, I think it was stash and cash. Stash and cash. Stash and cash. Yeah, um, stash and cash. And I had him on several teams as well last year. So a lot of people were overlooking him and and thinking Peterson was going to have a lot of value there. I was picking him in the eighth and ninth round and and uh, had a had a very solid season last year with Kamara on several teams. And then some people this year were saying, "Well, he can't do that again. Look at how efficient he was." and he had so many limited carries, and that can, cannot continue. You obviously thought it would because I'm assuming in this draft you took him in the first round. What did you see from him? You know, the stats did show, wow, it's kind of difficult to maintain that pace again. He's obviously produced with 16 total touchdowns and 77 receptions this far. Well, you have to know the Saints offense with Sean Payton. I mean, they're going to throw it out of the backfield a lot. And uh, uh, let's see, Ingram's more the guy up the middle, and they use Kamara in a lot of different sets. So, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's going to catch at least 60 balls, and that's what you're looking for in a, in a especially a bell cow running back. And and so it was just really kind of a no-brainer. I mean, I was really kind of surprised that Bell went second overall in this draft. But at that point, a lot of people still believed he was going to be, you know, he's going to show up for camp. And then, of course, the closer it got to the season, uh, people started to uh, move him down the draft board. So I was excited to get Kamara, you know, at the third pick. And I would have taken him or Elliot Barkley if they would have been there. But I was pleased because, obviously, I'm a Saints fan. So I, I was happy he was on my team. What would you say – I mean, the goal, obviously, every year is to kind of learn from mistakes. Did you see any mistakes that you made this year that you have learned from uh, any across all your drafts? Obviously, you had a lot of success, so – I'm, probably, I'm sure there's more hits than misses, but what are some of the things that maybe went wrong that you will learn from for next year? Well, and especially in this draft with uh, starting the 11 players, 
sometimes we get to a point where we get caught in that drafting wide receiver so much. But I, I uh, go back to a couple years ago, I had such solid running backs that actually won the championship for me. And uh, sometimes we get caught up into drafting like out of the gate five, five wide receivers. So the value of that position drops drastically. But um, for me, I have to do a better job at tight end in these drafts. I mean, after the first two or three or four tight ends are off the board, I'm just kind of scrambling around. But, um, you know, you see just a lot of injuries, too, with like Greg Olson and Jordan Reed and Dole being hurt. But it's a position you really have to work the waiver bar, waiver wire. But So uh, for me, I just need to do a better job with a tight end and not get caught up when everybody's taking all the wide receivers. Sometimes they say when the other ones are zigging, you need to zag a little bit. So in this draft, if you notice, um, the draft board, I see actually after the first seven or eight picks, I had like uh, five running backs. So um, although I lost Cooper Cup, but uh, I was I was looking more towards the running back, which obviously has carried my team so far. Yeah, I had forgot about losing Cooper Cup on several teams, and you reminded me of that, and it hurts. It really hurts. Cooper mm-hmm. Cup was like money. He was money in the bank every <laughs> week. You count on 15 no matter what. Yep. Cooper Cup. Jared Goff loves him. He's his favorite target. I think the announcers were even talking about last week when Philadelphia was playing. Almost Zach Ertz almost had actually no catches, maybe one or two, because – you know, he wasn't a favorite of Nick Foles, but when Carson Wentz is in there, I mean, he's looking for Zach Ertz all the time. So you kind of have to know who the quarterback's favorite players are. Definitely on the Rams, it, it was obviously Cooper Cup last year and this year. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where he's drafted next year or his value lies. But, uh, yeah, that one hurt for, for real because I just uh, – my backups seem to be like D.D. Westbrook and also lost uh, Ted Ginn as well. So you just have to keep working the waiver wires. Now, on your team that is number three overall, you have Cordero Patterson, and we got news today that Josh Gordon uh, facing another suspension he's done for this year. We've seen Mm -hmm. Patterson have some good games, more so at running back, but do you think there's a chance that Patterson could be in a Week 16 lineup this week? It's possible. Um, You just never know at this point. So I just kind of want to take a look to see where everybody's at. And actually, I want to see who the players are. The other teams are going to uh, play as well. And kind of, I wouldn't say I'm going to play defense with them, but definitely want to take a look and uh, see see uh, who's going to be active and who's not. Because you know the Bills are, I guess the Patriots play the Bills this week. So Patterson will have some value. And I think Sony will move up the boards as well now that uh, Gordon's out. Yeah, that's another player that you have on this squad as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you've had a lot of success. I mean, the fact that you won two years ago and you're on the precipice of potentially winning again, that says a lot. Uh, how how have you had success? What are some of the reasons why you continue near the top? Because a lot of people I hear say, oh, it's luck. And there's luck plays a factor. But I'm sorry, when the same people are near the top of the leaderboard in such a high-stakes league year in, year out, there's clearly mm-hmm. skill involved. There's no question about it. Obviously, when we get to a three-week sample, yes, you need some luck on your side. Mm-hmm. But you've been there year after year. So mm-hmm. what are some of the reasons why you've had success? Well, honestly, I, I do read a lot. And uh, one person I do talk to a lot is Sean Childs. I know he works with Scout. And um, I just think he's just a genius at fantasy football and baseball. And I read a lot of the articles. He sends me articles. We talk a lot. But I just try to learn from the best players and the best minds in the business and and uh, try to draft solid teams and not get caught up into chasing trends. But I'm not afraid to jump like ADP value. Um, if there's a player that I like, and I do try to diversify my teams as much as possible. But honestly, I just try to learn from the great players that have played in these leagues. And I do think the best players 
play in the uh, FFWC. So learning from Sean and, and Chad and Mike Santos and all these guys, it's helped me to become a better player. Who were some of those guys that you jumped ADP this year that played out really well for you this year? Oh, let's see. Well, obviously I jumped probably a little bit on Amari Cooper. Um, He was one. I was on Derrick Henry a lot. And, of course, he was on the bench the weeks he had his breakout. I think he had like 50 points the first 10 or 11 or 12 weeks, and then he broke out for like 75 in the last couple. But um, I I had him a lot. Um, Mike Williams, I probably jumped him a little bit. It'll be interesting to see. I don't have him on this team, but – um, if Keenan Allen doesn't play this weekend, I'm going to put him in the lineups probably, even though they're playing Baltimore. But there was a couple guys I wasn't afraid to move around. I mean, I don't want to move up two or three rounds because then you discount the value. But um, I'm not afraid to go get a player if I really believe that they're going to be have a breakout season. How many teams did you have this year? Um, over 50, and that includes local leagues too. It's hard to get away from your local leagues. Once you play them, and uh, they're just kind of different scoring formats. I, I, obviously, I favor the uh, PPR leagues, but I do have a couple of standard leagues and a couple of dynasty leagues and things I play in at home. So I have to keep doing those. And and, uh, and I'm really no good at those, which is kind of funny, but I'm not good. But I, I just feel <laughs> like I crazy. need to stay in my local leagues. That's crazy. You're like, you're like, as much. Right. You're like, I'm focused on the big dial leagues, and they probably <laughs> I are I know sent- I am, they're- and that's. They, that's, they tell me that all the time. Like, you don't even care about our league anymore. And I'm like, well, I do, but uh, it's just not paying out what these other leagues pay out. So, But uh, I do favor the PPR. I love this format. I love the 11-person lineup. And uh, and it'll be it'll be a fun weekend. So it may be a, a really nice Christmas. But like I said, I, I think this team is a dark horse team. Um, Brian Owens and Chad have two very solid teams in front of me. So it, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, it'll be a fun weekend, and I wish you the best of luck, and hopefully it's not too stressful this weekend for you, Kimra. Well, you know, I won by .77 two years yeah. ago, so I really don't think anything <laughs> could be more stressful than that. And then waiting when Scott Atkins called me and said, oh, by the way, uh, you have to wait for stat changes three more days to make it official. <laughs> uh, Scott, <laughs> so, always delivering the bad news. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, so I got to wait three more days to make sure there wasn't, because, you know, winning by .77, if there was one stat change, it was over. So I wasn't going to get too excited. So, like I said, I don't think anything could be more stressful than that. Great stuff, Kimra. Wish you the best of luck this weekend, and thanks for joining me tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You guys have a good weekend. Thank you. That is Kimra Schleicher, number three in the Fantasy Football World Championships. We'll follow it all next week. I'll be back tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern, with Dr. Roto here on Scout Fantasy Sports Radio.